Here it comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Hello, Nashville and all the other listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of Heart of Nashville. Today, I'll be sitting down with Chris Marion in The Rambler, and we'll be diving into his story. It, it was very, uh, very impactful to me. Got a lot of great stuff out of it. Um, my dad had dealt with some of the similar stuff, and thankfully, by God's grace, Chris was able to uh, step out of it and uh, is doing some great things. He's got a great story, really, uh, beyond even all he talks about here. So um, tune in and enjoy. Hello, Nashville. Coming to you from Mount Juliet. I'm sitting down here with Chris Marion. He is a local musician. And thanks again for uh, taking the time to yeah. hang out with me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's my pleasure yet. We'll yeah, see. Time. The, you did give me a Diet Coke, so that's that's a good start. Try to try to kick it off on a, on a good <laughs> note. You know? After I Win favor. After I have these seventy-two questions, that uh, we'll try to that knocked it down a couple of notches. But we'll, you know, I'll I'll give you a chance. All right, cool. Uh, All right, so we're gonna start out first with a speed round. I'm gonna ask you a few questions and just think quick. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. And then, uh, then we'll dive into uh, some more. You've piqued my my curiosity now. Yes. All right. So, how long have you lived in Nashville? Lived in Nashville since 1987. So that's thirty. Start you know, 31 years, probably the summer. Wow, so you've seen some growth. I have Just s- a seen a lot of growth, indeed. Uh, why'd you move to Nashville? For the music business. Uh, I have a degree in psychology and actually had some counseling experience before I moved here and worked at a place called Oasis Center. Yep, heard and, of it. Yeah, it's a runaway shelter, short term uh, emergency shelter. Worked there for a couple of years while I was kind of working my way into the, to the music business and then been doing it full-time since so where'd you move from moved from uh the knoxville area i went to carson newman college up there mm-hmm. in jefferson city tennessee and so my wife and i lived there for a while after we um, graduated and then we moved to nashville from from jefferson city so what part of town do you live in now? Well, I live now on a boat uh, in Percy Priest out at Fate Sanders Marina, which is kind of halfway between Mount Juliet and Smyrna. I like the idea. So why did you choose that location? Well, it was a good place to land. Um, I, I got divorced uh, a few years ago, and I needed a place to kind of land and kind of restart and get things going again. And uh, a boat is a very contained, quiet existence and uh, that was a good place to do it. My uh, monitor engineer in, in the band that I work with uh, had this boat, and he said, hey, man, why don't you just try it out, see if you're suited for it, you like it. And I moved out when it was cold, man. I moved out right after Thanksgiving two years ago, maybe three years ago, and uh, even with the cold. I mean, it, it, it's, still it's not for everyone. I've thought well, about you a few times over the last couple of weeks after we had coffee, and I, you're like, yeah, man, it's gotten cold. It's a metal hull, and the metal just radiates the cold, and when the lake froze over, when it was, you know, at least you had no rock then, right? Well, no, it doesn't rock. That's for sure, yeah. man. It's not, you know, uh, well, the wind blows it, but right. uh, but man, it was cold. Now, yeah. you know, I mean, I have space heaters, and it, you know, yeah. the, it's, uh, it keeps it pretty. Warm. And you're on the road quite a bit. Yeah, I'm so. gone, so I, I, I left uh, the three degrees and went to, you know, L.A. where it was seventy. Yeah. So. 
So, no uh, favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant? Well, it depends on the, the type of food. I love a restaurant called Husk, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, near the Howard School building. Great food. Oh. Husk is great. I love Carabas. I mean, I love Italian food. I love Mexican food, um, Chewy's. That's mm-hmm. kind of a chain type still thing. still good, though. Yeah, it's man, very good. Awesome. Yeah. Like, I love it. Yeah. All right, favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? You know, I, I kind of make a living doing what most people would consider a hobby. I love to bake. That's kind of uh, an unorthodox hobby to have. I, uh, I have a, like a glorified toaster oven on my boat and so I uh, had a friend who was uh, soy free, lactose free and gluten free and so I learned how to bake some stuff for her just because I felt like she didn't get a lot of opportunities to have good food and good desserts and if you can make gluten free soy free, lactose free taste good, man you can really kill it with flour, butter, and sugar. So There's, uh, there's maybe a restaurant to make it right there, huh? Could be. Who knows? Everything comes in a cup, though, because I have to make it in cupcakes. <laughs> so uh, tell me something about uh, crazy about yourself. Something crazy about myself? You know, pretty much everything I do is kind of a little crazy. You know, living on a boat is crazy. You know, trying to make a living as a musician in town is really crazy. A little uh, co- competitive. Uh, you know, it's very competitive, but um, being, I've been able to do it now for almost 30 years just in Nashville Uh, I mean I um, had I've I've played in in bands professionally since I was four uh, well three I've Five really. My mom and I traveled with an evangelist and, and played Southern gospel music. So um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, what? Where is one of the most exciting places you visited? You know, one of the most exciting places, uh, in, and I've been to a bunch of really cool places uh, through the years. Um, I really enjoyed New Zealand. Um, we've done a couple of uh, couple of tours over there. One tour with the Doobie Brothers. We did a bunch of dates on the northern and, and southern island in New Zealand. And that's a cool place. I mean, Lord of the Rings was shot there, so a lot of that really beautiful mountain scenery is from, from there. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's a, re- it's, a re- it's a cool place. I love islands, though. I mean, I love the beach. You know, St. Martin, we were there, and we've been around the Virgin Islands a few times. Hawaii's awesome. I watch uh, Grand Tour. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about? And as they're cruising through some of these places, I'm like, God, it's beautiful. There's so much beautiful landscape out there. Yeah, there really is. But you know what? I'll tell you, one of my favorite places to tour, honestly, is the United States. Yeah. You know, and we've, I've been in all 50 states many times, and I'm continually surprised by by the beauty and, and really cool, awesome places, you know, just town to town, man. I mean, there are really, really lots of cool people and cool right. things to see and do. And yeah. So. When I, uh, before I got into real estate, I sold commercial trucks, and for, two, for a year, I'd fly out and drive a truck back mm-hmm. so I took um, a handful of trips out west and drove back from Colorado Salt Lake City yeah. Portland that was awesome like I was it's just amazing man. I mean and, and I think too it's like because you're you've been on the bus quite a bit right yeah. so you actually get to drive through them versus you know if you fly into Denver and you know uh, some cities you just fly into it, you don't really get that experience of driving cross country. Yeah, I mean, I've done both. I've traveled across the country every way you can imagine in a bus. Uh, and then I've done some driving too, where, you know, I've moved across the country a couple times with people. And that's a cool way, you know, driving through little towns and, mm-hmm. you know, finding places to stop. Get off the interstates yeah. and experience, like it's you a, said, the culture. It's a cool thing. I and mean, it's, a, it's, it's a wonderful world we live in. 
All right. Well, that takes care of the speed That's round. That's the speed round. We sped right through that, didn't we? I don't. I don't do anything <laughs> fast, man. I'm sorry. No, that's you good. You want one word I answer? Like, I'm not your guy. No, I don't want one word answer. But I was thinking, I'm like, all right. So we're getting in depth there. Let's like now. Here's the deep questions. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So uh, thinking back to your younger years, uh, what influences did your family in your environment have on you? A profound influence. My mother and father both worked, and so I stayed with my uh, maternal grandmother uh, during the day, and she was uh, confined to a wheelchair, but she sang beautifully. And so she would sing to me, and we would sing, and they had a pump organ in their house. And so I would sit there, and she'd encourage me to try to figure out melodies and, and play along with us singing um, and about age four um, my mom and I started traveling with one of my dad's best friends he was an evangelist and I think I mentioned that before but um, but we would go around to churches and she just kind of put me up on the pulpit and we'd sing together a cappella. so uh, I started taking piano lessons so I could learn how to accompany us and we sang southern gospel all over North Carolina and Virginia and you said this is with your mom mm-hmm. okay sorry I missed that yeah okay um, and so that really that kind of nurtured you know my love for music I mean it really did kind of um it got me excited and it exposed me to entertainment as well because I mean you know there's part of what you do when you you know when you sing songs whether it's in a church or in a bar or in a you know at a a football game I mean you're entertaining people so uh, so I, I, I learned how to communicate uh using my musical talents and my abilities and um um, it just kind of stuck. I mean, I went to went to college to uh, um, to get into music. Ended up getting a degree in psychology. Another that's another story for another question. But um, but it really stuck. I mean, I was going to end up in music one way or the other. So did you do do anything with the psychology degree? Well, I mean, I, you know, uh, being in. in a rock band is is just about as close to crazy as you can get. So I guess it helps to have that background. I mean, I I was a probation officer for a while. I was a um, counselor at this runaway shelter, um, but it really I don't you know what it was hard for me to kind of compartmentalize you know because it's really a tough that's a you know emergency treatment for kids is a really front line business and so I had a hard time you know kind of. It skewed the way I looked at the world, so it was good for me to get out. I don't think I would have really enjoyed uh, working in that business as a career. So, uh, what are some what are some pivotal markers in your life that have helped shape who you are today? Pivotal markers. Well, I think that uh, being involved in church and being saved and, and being a believer that's that's a huge pivotal part in my life because it's directed everything that I've done because I've always uh, always placed a value on my faith and on my, my walk and my relationship with Christ. So that's a big pivotal part. The music obviously was a real pivotal part of, of kind of developing a passion for the arts, a passion for music, a passion for communication. You know, I used music to communicate. You know, you have to say something between the songs. So, so I learned how to talk to people and learn how to talk to crowds. You know, in high school, I started doing a lot of public speaking, continued to do that through college. And, and after I got out of college, we stayed in Jefferson City 
for a couple of years, and I um, started a nonprofit organization up there that was kind of like a we didn't have big brothers, so uh, so it was kind of like a big brothers type thing, and, and worked with the community, did a lot of fundraising. Then when moved moved to Nashville, uh, led group sessions and, and and did a lot of fundraising for for Oasis Center. So all those pivotal things. I think getting married was a pivotal point in my life, obviously. Getting divorced was a pivotal point in my life because I kind of start over in, in some ways. Uh, being involved in, in church work uh, has been pivotal uh, in my life because it's been an amazing source of, uh, of renewal, an amazing way to learn how to serve people. But then, yeah, there, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a few pivotal and as you, as, pivots. As you say that, I was thinking, which I didn't note, I didn't note but Obviously, we went to the uh, same church back in the day, and uh, yes, we did jamming jamming away on the keys with uh, with with Lexus, uh, Alex, yeah, Alex. Lexus, yeah, um, yeah. Man, uh, I started working at Two Rivers in '87. You know, I played bass for the orchestra, wow. and then. Uh, when the piano player left and the girl that was playing organ moved to piano, I started filling in on the organ some. Um, and really, I've been on staff there until a couple of years ago, you know, in one way yeah. or the other. I've seen pastors come and go, music ministers thousands come and of go. Thousands <laughs> Literally thousands. <laughs> literally, no exaggeration. Yeah. Because, you know, we're still there, so we've been there 17 years. It's a great um, church, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's another it's hung on a long part of time. my life. Yeah, um, yeah. Some good um, people. So tell me about a person who has made a huge influence on your life, um, and then also someone who, like, currently you're following, maybe reading, or that's influencing you to some degree. Well, uh, you know, I would say my parents uh, had a big influence, obviously, in my life. You know, uh, um, and that that is even a uh, an interesting story in and of itself. I was adopted. Um, I was adopted uh, as a, as a baby, and uh, so I have two sets of of stories. Um, my my adoptive parents were awesome people um, and, and really kind of were pivotal in, in making you know my love for music. So my mother was awesome. She was a really good. She was she was a really sweet, uh, a very loving person. And she died when I was um, probably in fifth grade, sixth grade maybe. And so left my father and I to kind of make do and start over. Um, and it, it was kind of a cool, you know, I, mean, I would say that that probably was another pivotal point in my life because it really gave my father an opportunity to, um, to really step up and uh, teach me a lot about being a man and teach me a lot about, um, you know, about life because he was a really, uh, he wasn't uh, an extremely educated man, but he was probably one of the smartest men that I've ever really spent time with. Amazing outlook on life, a lot of, a lot of humor, just a really wicked sense of humor, uh, but he had a big impact. Um, there were, you know, a lot of teachers, it'd be hard to point out one teacher that, you know, that had a big role. My wife had an amazing uh, impact. I mean, she and I, uh, for for all differences that that ended up drawing us apart. I mean, we created a very beautiful and a very wonderful uh, daughter uh, who is uh, going to carry on um, in this world uh, with love and and faith and and, and joy. Um, and then. Um, Probably the most recent person who's had a really cool influence is my adoptive parents were really honest about the adoption thing. You know, uh, 
I, and, and I never really had a big issue with it because, I mean, I was chosen. I mean, I, you know, I was obviously uh, had people who loved me and raised me in church, raised me to believe in God, and um, I couldn't have had a more idyllic childhood. Um, but I was always curious about, you know, biological mom and, you know, any, any kid that's adopted probably is. Um, I have a friend who is also adopted, and he and I uh, were were joking around one night. He had paid like you know several thousand dollars to a private investigator to find his mom, and I said, "Dude, I could get on the internet and for nine ninety five probably find my mom in half an hour." And sure enough, I did that quick. Wow! Yeah, I found uh, I found her because I, I knew her name and I knew her age, you know, approximately from when you know when uh, I, I was born. And um, so, you know what? Long story short, um, I just, uh, I didn't have, because she gave me the best birthday gift she could have. I mean, because I knew a little about her circumstance that it was really kind of a, a heart. She was a young lady, didn't really have the means to, to provide. And so she did. She gave me the best gift that you could hope for from a biological mom. So no hard feelings on my part. I mean, I, and just kind of a curiosity. So um, I found her on Facebook. My daughter and I were looking. I was about to ask Facebook. you, did you find her on Facebook? I, I knew wow. I had a half sister and a half brother, and I found my half sister on Facebook. And uh, sure enough, my mom was friends with my my sister. And so I just sent her a letter and said, you know, look, I, I really here's my name and here's my age, and I really believe that you're my biological mother. And um, it kind of uh, summarized what I just said, that, you know, I, I don't have any hard feelings toward you. And if you're interested in having a relationship, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love to entertain that. And she wrote back and said, hey, I've been waiting to hear from you for 53 years. Wow. So, and we've become friends. I've gone down. She lives in Dallas, Texas, and I've visited with her many times and met, you know, my brother and sister. And it's been a really good, they're a Christian, beautiful family, beautiful, full of love. And, um, and, and she really did. She and her, her younger sister uh, had grown up in a really hard situation, man, you know, alcoholic mom. And, um, you know, she was just barely 18 when she got pregnant with me. So she really didn't have the means and I would have been, my life would have been drastically different. Um, so, um, getting to know her has been a real pivotal thing for me, you know, yeah. for, you know, it's kind of like a 360 moment, you know? Right. And big influence. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm sure it brings, I don't know if, I don't know if it's closure or just perspective to the whole scenario, you know? Yeah, not really closure as much. Yeah, as it just kind of opens yeah. a new chapter. I right. mean, it, yeah, right. I mean, it does kind of, it, it, it's a full circle moment, you know, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, I'd always had questions and, and, and I'd always been curious about it. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, the whole nature versus nurture, you know, argument, um, that there are some real similar similarities and, you know, um, Temperament wise, between right. myself and my biological mom, and you know, we, we look like obviously. Did you get the cool hair from her? Uh, she does have very cool hair. Yeah. <laughs> she does have it's cool funny. Hair. I look at your hair, and I know another guy, um, and his hair, every time I say, I'm like, man, you got great looking gray hair, you know? <laughs> I always remember yours was like crazy spiked. Yeah, I used up, to have really crazy. This yeah. is more of, an, this is more of a grown up hairstyle. It's hair nice, style. yeah. It's uh, nice. It's still, uh, still that's funny. Edge. Obviously, you know, last four years sounds like it's been it's been doing you've been doing well mm -hmm. um there's probably still moments when i know in sales it's like man i'm full force and sometimes if i say if i lose a deal or something it's like woo, 
and you got to pick yourself back up. So how do you cope with just in life in general? If you have a down moment, is there, is there a way that you're like, you pick yourself back up and keep going? Well, I mean, I think the, the thing that you, that you, you learn how to do is obviously, um, um, you know, some people people use different things to cope with. People medicate themselves with a lot of things besides medication. Sometimes people um, will medicate themselves in relationships. You know, you can be uh, dependent on people in relationships in the same way that you would a chemical. Some people, uh, when they get depressed, overeat. You know, um, so so for me, uh, you know, I've found healthy ways to. Uh, to to cope with inevitability of of issues, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have high points and you're going to have low points. Um, but I think you have to have you have to develop a sense of of strength, uh, a sense of resolve. Um, for me, you know, my faith is a very powerful resolve, you know, because I know that, uh, that God has a plan for me and I know that it's a good plan. And, um, and I know that it's not dependent on my circumstance, you know, that it's dependent on his will for my life and, um, you know, and, and all that, uh, he has done and will do through me. So that's a very stabilizing force in your life. I like that thought of, you know, because if you don't have that perspective, you know, it's like, I'm just picturing it, you're down. And I was thinking about this because the last interview I did, we kind of had a similar conversation. And I just think of, you know, when you look up, you just gain a whole new perspective yeah. and and you get out of your funk because one, you're focusing on somebody else and the thought process of their will in your life. You yeah. Know? So you're able to push through, you know? Well, you know, and I truly, I truly believe that, um, there's a lot, I think it's about a, um, kind of a mind over matter, uh, circumstance. Because, uh, yeah, there are a lot of times when, you know, it's going to be inevitable that we're going to have hard times and everything's going to go right in your life. And I certainly don't want to discount um, people who who struggle with depression or people who are in the middle of their rock bottom that, you know, somehow they've got to be positive and, and you know, and have, you know, a Bible verse to be able to quote at any given time. Because it's hard. You know, look, man, Christians go through hard times too, man. I, I mean, would suffer at that because I don't remember. I can't remember. I've got a bad you know, memory. <laughs> I think, well, and, but, I, but I think the thing that you've got to, that's important for life period is that, you know, you, you've got to have this, uh, this awareness of first of all that you, there's a call in your life that that you've got some purpose. Circumstance doesn't really change your purpose. You know, um, I mean, I do a lot of things that are not necessarily ministry oriented. You know, but I feel like um, there are some really positive forces in my life. Some positive relationships that are healthy relationships. You know, um, you know, my, my faith has a real positive impact and a stabilizing force in my life. You know, and my work. I mean, I work hard at what I do. Um, you know, I try to have as many irons in the fire as I can because I have a good work ethic. Man, I grew up in a situation where you, you know, mm-hmm. you you were always working and you weren't afraid of work and sweat and um, effort. Uh, so that's also very stable. You know, I can I can really, you know, man, if I get down, man, I just, you know, pour myself into a project and, um, you know, um, 
you know, and writing has also been, you know, I've, I've had a, a few gigs uh, writing professionally and still still do some of that on a, in a couple of uh, a couple of outlets. And uh, writing is a great way to express, you know, kind of process for me. You know, a lot of times when I'm, um, you know, when I'm working through issues uh, or, or, you know, something affects me, um, I'll just write about it, you know, and, um, people, not, not surprisingly really, I mean, a lot of people, um, people have struggles and people have commonalities in their struggles Mm -hmm. and, you know, and a lot of times through my process of writing and kind of, um, expositionally dealing with what I'm going through, uh, other people have insight and, Yep. It makes me, in all that, it makes me think of um, just having people around you, too, yeah. you know, that, that know you well enough and hopefully are honest enough to um, be there for you during tough times to yeah. help you get out of the funk, you know. Well, and I think um, that's something that you've got to engage right. with people, you know. Yep. I mean, uh, we're not we're not meant to be islands. Mm-hmm. We're not meant to be solitary. I mean, I, I work alone a lot, and I live alone, obviously, and, you know, so I'm not a afraid of solitude but there's you know i think we're created for relationship and um uh and relationships especially when they're healthy right can have a real positive impact on those low points and for sure so points. with what you're doing which how long have you been in it with little river man uh starting on I'm, I'm in my middle of the 14th year okay wow long time yeah. um and actually thinking of some of the oasis and some stuff and impacting others through that how are you currently would you say impacting others well i mean i try to um obviously uh i feel like being in an iconic band uh i have a platform um uh, and uh, I can use that platform uh, in, 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 in a realm of influence um, to to be positive. You know, there was you know, we were talking about Facebook and talking about negative stuff on Facebook and hateful stuff on Facebook, and and you know, I kind of got sucked into that when the politics were became so polarized, and you know, and I got off of Facebook for about a year. Uh, honestly, some of it was just to keep my mouth shut and listen instead of talking so much. But another part of it was just I got frustrated with the negativity that a lot of social media, and it's still there. I mean, it's still just as flaring as it was, um, you know, before I I decided to take my break. Um, So as I've gotten back on, I'm really kind of trying to be intentional about not being being part of the problem. and um, you know, I have my opinions, and certainly, you know, I can I can sling mud like anybody else. But I don't know. I really, uh, I've tried to be intentional about just making sure that the influence that I do have is in a positive, constructive um, expression versus just being part of the problem out there, just right. another voice of of anger and hate. And um, you know, and and I think I do have a good platform for. Uh, for um, expression, uh, both musically and uh, and, and, and you know, I, um, I've tried to really use um, my Facebook uh, relationship network to um, you know to have a, have a positive right um, voice in in some things and um, and most of your long posts are they they're public right yeah yeah so you know everything's on on, on yeah. Facebook for me is public I mean I don't. Uh, I mean, it, you don't even have to be my friend to read right. posts. Because he's got some really good posts on there. I, it's funny when I saw your post. I, I think I, I think I remember thinking 
man, I haven't seen Chris's post in a while. I was trying to look you up, and I, and uh, and I think that was probably about the time you just jumped back on. And yeah, it was very detailed. Yeah, I've had the same thoughts. Um, as now, I wouldn't get out and. I would usually do a long post when it was like anniversary or something thought provoking, you know, so it would look really good. And, uh, um, and then my wife would be like, really like, <laughs> why aren't you like that all the time? But that was, that would be my thoughts when you see all this negative stuff. I'm like, why don't people, if you love your candidate or whatever it is you're supporting, just focus on that and be positive about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just keep the opinion to that. And just keep it positive, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think in general, we're just so easily, it's so easy to focus on the negative, you know, that it doesn't well, seem I think that many do that. I think that's uh, that's kind of indicative of what's happening in the world, especially in the world of politics, is that, you know, it's been it's become uh, so polarized, uh, so identity politic uh, oriented, where our, our identity uh, is is the thing that everything rotates around, you know, where who we are, tribe or our ethnicity or our sexual orientation, you know, and I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we're more than our parts, you know, and uh, that's, um, that's the thing, man, is I just don't like to, I, I don't, that doesn't move me, you know, to, to have someone try to divide me because I have a lot more in common with most people. And that's been a cool thing about this band is that, you know, I've met, thousands of people and I've you know in all these little uh, little towns that I've been in you know I've met interesting people and heard their stories man there's so much that binds us together versus the stuff that really um, separates us and um, I don't know I I feel if anything um, I feel an obligation uh, for whatever I can do to bring people together as opposed to 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 separate them Mm -hmm. and drive them apart you know with my you know, I mean, I can, I'll, I do, I enjoy joking and mocking and, you know, I'll laugh at people's Got to have humor in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, there, there's a lot of funny, uh, I mean, there's a lot of humor, you know, if you can't laugh at some of the, some of the things in that's, that are going on in our world, you, you don't have a sense of humor at all. Right. But, um, you know, I, I've really tried and who knows, I mean, maybe I'll go back, you know, tomorrow, maybe I'll just write this real ugly, yeah. ugly anti. Somehow tick you off or something thing. like I don't that. Know. But well, for the I, moment. Anyway, I'm really trying to be positive. Well, and I think, too, you know, like I've just gone to this men's thing. There was people from, you know, all over the U.S. there. And, uh, you know, you would intentionally dive into different relationships. And it was funny. One exercise they did there, you had to stare at the person for five minutes. Like, literally, just. And, uh, and it was kind of awkward. You know, first time it was. Uh, um, I almost started started laughing because awkwardness, you know, I'll go to humor. If it's a serious moment, it's like, uh, let's find something funny in here. Um, And then the next one, it was five minutes, but it was really cool because the guy that he said something like brief and it made me wonder about his story, you know. Mm. And so as we're staring, you know, I'm thinking, all right, how can I get through this five minutes? And he had a very stern stare, you know. And, uh, and so I was like, man, I'll just pray for the guy, you know, and I did. And then later, um, later in that night, we had a conversation and we started talking and, you know, he had just, well, he didn't just, but he had been in prison for a few years and, mm. you know, so he elaborated on stern look. Yeah, it would. And that's what he was saying. Cause I, yeah, actually that was it. Cause I made the point that, man, you, you know, you had a stern look, you know, and he's like, well, you know, basically 
I, you know, he said he got out of prison. He's like, you had to have a stern look. You had to, <laughs> you had to let him know that, you know, you can't mess with me. And that was something. So, but it was just, it was really cool to, you know, the more people you meet, which you've met, like you said, thousands and hearing their stories, even though you have, you know, firm convictions of your beliefs, it still gives you a different perspective on what other people deal with. And I think that for me, it highlights that regardless of where they're at or what they believe or how they act, it's like, we're still just to love them, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, and I think, uh, and it's easier said than done, but it, I think just the more people you meet and the different stories you hear, the easier it is to have the grace, I guess, to love, you know? Yeah. We call ourselves Christian. Um, and that's what Christ did. I mean, you know, he, he was, I mean, obviously you, you have to, uh, you know, he, he had boundaries and, you know, there were, you know, convictions. Um, but, um, it was all in love. And I mean, I think you look at his ministry over a three year period. Um, and you think about how, those three years impacted the world and it wasn't, you know, because he beat people over the head with the Torah or, you know, um, you know, it was because he really loved people unconditionally and, and, and wanted to affect change in, in the people that he came in contact with. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a good, um, that's a good, I don't know. Uh, maybe this that's it's a good divider or at least uh, the, the thermometer for how you relate to people. Do you do you meet someone and do you immediately try to figure out why you don't like them or you know figure out what your differences are or do you try to find some peace in in some detente and something to have a conversation with in commonality with people. Um and it's in that you know Jesus was about um, was about relationship and um, and sometimes you have to get dirty uh, and get down there where a person is to really have a relationship with them mm-hmm. you, know, it's, you can't do it from your glassy perch right right yeah yep Agree. You and gotta, not everybody. And, and that cool thing, man, too, is that you you recognize. And, that, and I've had this has been a real advantage of of what I do is not everybody believes the way I believe. Right. You know, even in my band. I mean, you know, um, and so you don't have all of the, you know, you don't have all of the uh, the Bible vernacular. You know, you can't you can't fall back on, you know, catchphrases and. Um, you know, you've just got to you got to find a way to relate to people just person to person. You know, you don't have the advantage of talking to somebody that's grown up in the Bible Belt and they know all the little cool isms. And to, half of the ones that have grown up don't know them anyways. Right? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I that's, mean, that's that, the truth. That's the thing, man. So, you know, so at that point, people evaluate you based on the way you treat them and the way you talk to them. And, um, you know, if you want to have some rapport with someone, you know. Um, it's not going to be because you you impress them with your right. <laughs> not at all with your holiness. <laughs> um, so um, again, I, as I as I think of the questions, you've probably answered this stuff throughout, but just in case it wasn't phrased exactly. Um, as far as like if if somebody's stuck, you know, if they're wanting to do something, make an impact. Um, make change, but fear is holding them back. What's what's some advice you would give them to push through that? I think that um, uh, I, I think 
the the obvious thing is to confront the fear. You know, what is it that you're afraid of? You know, what is, uh, you know, for, for me, you know, uh, and someone in the music business, sometimes there's a fear of failure, you know, but um, nobody wins, you know, very few people win from uh, without having some failure um, that, you know, predates the 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 win. I mean, we we learn through trial and error. Um, we learn through um, through mistakes uh, very often. So, I mean, I think that uh, for me in the music business, my success has been more from recognizing what my strengths were, recognizing what my skill sets were, really trying to. Uh, um, to enhance those and develop those and nurture those skills to 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 be better at them. Um, when you confront, I mean, you know, when I've confronted things where it just didn't work, you know, sometimes you've got to recognize that maybe this is not going to be something that you're going to succeed at. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's no no the the, the worst thing uh, that could happen to you in failure um, is stopping. You know, you just got to pick it up, dust it off, and 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 keep pushing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and who knows? I mean, sometimes the things that you fail at are the things that that uh, just happen right before a su- uh, success. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, agree. So, if you could look back at yourself at 20 years old, what advice would you give yourself in regards to parenting, or marriage, or even business? Wow, that's a pretty introspective question. I think I would, uh, you know, on a on a business perspective, um, I would probably uh, I would say work harder. Um, I would not necessarily work harder, but I think I would um, work more uh, selectively and focused because, you know, now I have the uh, the benefit of looking back and seeing what worked and what didn't work. Um you know, I I, uh, I would probably, on a relationship level, uh, advise myself to uh, to focus on uh, the tangibility of relationships. I mean, obviously, you, you can't really guess. Um, you, you can't know what's going to happen. You can't. The, the one thing that you know that is going to happen is change. You know, and you know that change is coming. Um, and looking back at um, at my life, you know, I, I would have uh, I, I would I would advise myself to stay focused on the relationship, um, to stay focused on on protecting the relationship, to stay focused on the important things, the the things that really matter in a relationship. You know, acquisition, wealth. Not necessarily relationship as much as life, you know. I mean, um, you get this. You start out marriage and you start out life, per se, thinking that you have to acquire all these things. And you, if, you have, if, if I own a house, man, I'll just if, you know if I can get a house, this will be perfect. It, you know, if I can live here, if I can have this job, you know, if I can if I can do this, we can have two and a half kids, you know, and, and some of those things, some of those goals are not necessarily, um, bad or good, but, um, you know, at, at the root of it, 
the things that matter are the things that you should put your energy into and recognize that the things that come, the things that, are, that you acquire need to be, will, will always be a result of a firm foundation and really nurturing the things that matter in life. And then the other thing is just kind of icing on the cake. You better put a lot more effort into making the cake secure. Yeah. Protecting the cake. Yeah, it's funny because you, you said focus quite a few times. And actually one of the questions I had in there was focus. Um, how do you, you know, make focus a priority, keep the squirrels out of your life, which is obviously, again, key to doing that because that's what, in your advice, um, and I know for myself, it's always goes back to the discipline and the focus, you know, knowing what you need to be doing and, and just focusing just on that. Don't let all the, um, what, what is it, the shiny syndrome? Yeah, yeah, it's easy, right easy to get distracted, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, shiny object, object syndrome. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there are lots of shiny objects that, that entice us and that seem like a, you know, mm-hmm. seem like a great endeavor at the time. You no, know, that nice Ferrari is really shiny. I should buy that. No, you should probably invest for long term or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I tell you this, man. I, I um, you know, we spent uh, a lot of our resources traveling. Um, and, um, we, um, we had some good times and I, that's one thing that I don't regret, you know, because my daughter has uh, a worldview and a perspective on life that, um, that we gave her, you know, I mean, we could have probably saved our money and maybe had a bigger house and maybe had less debt, but, um, there's a richness in life that, that we lived well that she has, and now she's going to practice in her life and the way she lives you know where man i would i would rather live life with a you know reckless abandon than have a bunch of abandoned wrecks you know agree agree yeah definitely um so from the great words of timothy 4 7 i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith when your journey is over what legacy are you hoping to leave well i hope that um I hope that I, I leave a legacy of love. I mean, I hope that people say I loved well and that people say um, I prioritized uh, the things that matter in my life. That, um, you know what, uh, my life's not always been a, a great example. Sometimes it's been a horrible warning, but, you know, but I've embraced. Uh, the ways I've failed and I've learned from from those failures and and I've turned failures into into victory um, and man I've done it with a sense of humor and I hope that that's something that that people will look back you know when I've fought the good fight and when I'm not fighting anymore and 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 have a good laugh and say that dude could laugh and and enjoy life and um, and you know he lived he lived without regret for that so that's awesome well man thank you so much for uh joining me in the rambler and yeah. uh actually being so open and transparent yeah. with uh with your journey um i think uh, a lot of people can pull a lot of good uh good advice out of that so thanks a lot you're welcome all right we will see you around nashville that was and 70, actually it was 72 questions well i kind of narrowed it down i figured i figured I probably, after I after listening you, i gave you 20 <laughs> questions per uh, yes. expose so. and so you're playing you play around nashville right not much no um, really okay you know we um the band really we did a show uh in december 
uh, at Marathon Music Works. And, um, you know, from time to time, I'll sit in with friends that are playing. Okay. But um, I'm gone enough. I mean, we do 95 shows a year, so that means I'm gone 120, 130 days. And I travel some, too. So, um, um, so I, I'm not here enough to really be plugged into any right. local local music. Um, sometimes well, I'll just have, you know? have to look up the band and come see you play. Well, that's the best way to do it. Just look up littlerivermen.com and our schedule's on there. And All right. if somebody really just wants to see me, they know how to find me. Right. Cool. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I know you will walk away with some... Uh, some new insight chris is uh again doing some great stuff if you're in nashville make sure to uh look him up come uh, watch him play with the little river band and obviously they're on tour around uh around the u.s so you can uh look him up there as well thanks again for tuning in to heart of nashville make sure to check out next week i'll be sitting down with aaron walker I uh, was in a mastermind group that he led for a couple years. He is, again, full of wisdom, full of insight. He's had a couple businesses. He's retired a couple times, come back. Now he's growing this mastermind um, business, impacting so many men as he impacted me. Uh, so you definitely want to tune in and hear his story. He, uh, he's got a lot of great a lot of great wisdom in there. If you have a second, uh, click on review and let me know how you enjoyed the episode with Chris Marion. Make sure to check out the show notes for some links of the videos. As always, I have them out there on YouTube and some more in-depth information on uh, even the, uh, the singer-songwriter uh, Jason Jordan, who will be uh, leading us out and uh, some music he's playing on the guitar. So I guess really he's not singer-songwriter. He's an awesome guitar player. But I had an in-depth interview with him last year. You'll make sure to want to uh, tune in to that through, uh, through YouTube. Thanks. Have a great week. Until next week. The sponsors of this show are Buckwalter Impact Group of Benchmark Realty. You can reach Andrew at 615-973-7657. For any real estate needs in the Nashville and surrounding areas, or if you're looking for a realtor in your local area. If you have any lender needs, give Brandon Hutchison with Legacy Mutual Mortgage a call at 615-866-9468. And lastly, if you have any title or closing needs, give David Weber with Limestone Title and Escrow a call at 615-730-7955. They close anywhere and anytime at no additional cost. Make sure to text Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N, to 41411 by April the 30th for a chance to win a gift card to one of Chris's favorite restaurants called Husk. They have some great southern cuisine. Without further ado, sit back and relax and enjoy some acoustic guitar playing from Jason Jordan.
We hope you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time, 